I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. As many of my listeners know, this podcast was born in six weeks, right in the middle of the coronavirus quarantine. When I said yes to it, I had no idea what I was thinking. But soon after, maybe the next day or two, I think, after our first class, the country was under quarantine. So I thought, well, at least this podcast thing will give me something to do. I really didn't think the outcome for me would be a finished podcast because technology is not my specialty, which is why I can start something but never end up finishing it. Well, this time was different because of my next guest, Ginny Soraswati, the owner and founder of Ginny Media. You know when you meet someone and they have this calming energy and you just know that you could never even imagine them getting mad or angry? That was my first impression of Ginny. I remember our first call. I thought she is going to think I'm a crazy lady to even start a podcast who is clueless on the computer and was borrowing her 11-year-old daughter's laptop. She put me to ease right away, didn't make me feel like I was asking dumb questions, was patient, and led me all the way with many bumps, but with her, they didn't even feel like bumps. She is like an angel. So here we are, full circle, interviewing her on my eighth episode. They say 80% of podcasters quit after their first three episodes. I would have been in that category if it wasn't for Ginny and her amazing team at Ginny Media. I want to give a little background of Ginny before we get started. She was born in Sri Lanka and moved to Australia when she was two years old. She didn't speak due to shyness and lack of confidence being the kid who looked different from everyone else. It was through the encouragement of her teachers and best friend that gave her the confidence to speak up. With a career spanning over a decade in broadcast radio, she is currently based in New York City, where she heads up Ginny Media and works with over 70 clients in podcast production. She has lived a life where speech and communication has been so vital to her livelihood she wants to serve others in, in their vision through the power of speech and the voice platform to inspire, motivate, and enlighten the ears, hearts, and minds, and lives of people. You are going to love Ginny like I do. I feel like I've met a new beautiful soul during this creation, and I'm honored to have her on the show to share her magical journey on how she got to where she is today. Welcome, Ginny! Oh, wow, Ashley. I got to say, every word that you said there, that just really, really left a heartprint on me. I'm truly, truly honored to have been on this journey with you and everything that you said, the research that you've done. I also feel like everything that you said, I'm just going to say mirror, mirror too, because I feel the same about you. So 
Thank you for having me on your show and, and holding this space for me. I feel very honored to be on Uncover Your Magic because I love magic. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that made the magic because here I am standing in front of you right now and it almost seems surreal for me to be talking to you when it wasn't long ago where you were teaching me. <laughs> it's right? really, I'm so proud of you, Ashley, because a lot of things, we were just talking about this today in, in one of my meetings with my team, that a lot of reasons people don't start things or finish starting things, so to speak, is because they come up with an issue that overwhelms them, whether it be a tech issue or like, how am I going to get this done, a process issue. Everything about fear kind of comes up and tells them, this is the reason why you can't do this. But you, no matter what issues that you had with your computer, you borrowed your daughter's computer, the microphone, you're like, you know what, I'm going to keep going. And this is why you're on episode eight now. So I'm so proud of you. And I hope people can take that as an example to keep going. Thank you. Okay. You just kind of reminded me of the story that I have to share because you make me laugh and you say chuckle and that even makes me laugh harder. One day I was <laughs> and she was asking me for all these passcodes. Remember? I do remember that. I was asking you for your Apple ID so I could set you up on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Yes. And all of a sudden I checked my phone because I was running and forgot to put the window off or whatever. And I had sent her every emoji under the sun, changed my name to some million letters, and it was changed the font color to purple. (laughs) We laughed. (laughs) We laughed the whole day. I still laugh about that because one... I'm not even sure how to do that consciously, but you did it like literally hands-free. So, you know, you're a lot more technically skilled than you know. (laughs) Right? I went home and told the girls, you guys would be so impressed (laughs) what I did when I was running with Ginny. (laughs) I don't ever know how to take it back and change the font color or the name, but you're going to have to be stuck with that for the rest of your life. That's (laughs) amazing. I love it. I can't say it, but hey, I know it's you. (laughs) Yeah, right. Who else would it be? (laughs) Anyway, I want my listeners to learn about your, like, how you kind of grew up, kind of where you kind of, you know, I think it's so, your story is fascinating to me. Thank you, Ashley. Where should we start? Where would you like to? Well, I guess a lot of people, they, they hear my voice and they see how I look like and sort of read where I live and they're like, where is she from? So as you can tell from my adorable accent, I am raised in Australia, but I was born in Sri Lanka and I currently live in New York. So it confuses the hell out of people. But I guess how I grew up was particularly interesting because I guess when you go through something, it's like when Steve Jobs says about connected dots, right? When you're going through something, you don't have that introspect or hindsight to know this is where... I am and why I'm here because of that instance, so to speak. So I was born in Sri Lanka. My family migrated to Australia when I was two years old. I had an older sibling. She's 11 years older than me. And we moved to Melbourne where a lot of my mother's family was migrating to. There was a big migration boom in Australia and a lot of families were coming in from Southern Asia and and areas like that. So when I grew up, growing up in Australia was a little bit difficult for me the first few years because I looked considerably different from everybody else. My family talked different from everybody else's family. My mum looked different from everybody else's mum. My dad looked different from everybody else's dad. So I was kind of piecing together why things were the way they were. And because of that, I became very shy and I didn't talk that much. I was very introverted, didn't really know what to make of myself. Obviously, I was told by my family and from examples that I was seeing amongst the Sri Lankan community that there's only really three career paths that you have, a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, right? And I thought, okay, I like the doctor part because I like helping people. I like being of service. Then it got to eighth grade and I'm like, I really don't like science, which kind of puts a spanner in the works. If you want to become a doctor, you kind of need 
some scientific skills or some scientific interests, so to speak. So got to ninth grade, I met my best friend, who's still my best friend to this date. And she was just probably the first person that I met who was 300% comfortable with herself. And that was something like, that's really good. And she's still to this day, a master of conversation. Like you can talk to her, she will make you feel like you're her best friend because she will Mm. give you that full and undivided attention. So that's when I kind of started coming out of my shell a little bit because I felt comfortable. And that's kind of how I fell into the arts and I went into performing arts. So you got this shy girl who didn't talk to someone on stage now singing Frosty the Snowman. That was me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then from there, essentially, I moved into creative arts. My mum took a while to kind of get used to the idea of why is my child going into the arts? This is a kind of a foreign thing for a Sri Lankan daughter to do especially, but it's still the whole speaking up thing. There's so much power, Ashley, and, and you know this too, when it's more than just hosting a podcast or more than just getting behind a mic. You're actually stepping up, sharing your voice and allowing yourself to be heard in a way that you haven't previously. So I think the great thing about, you know, my journey and what I value about it is I think when you come from a perspective where you're different, you have a lot more capacity to be compassionate. That adversity teaches you that not everybody does things the same way and not everybody looks the same way or not everybody has the same story as you. But there is value in that and there is magic in that too because you can learn so many things. And I learned something from my best friend who was half Filipino, half Australian, and here we are still 20 years later, still best friends. So, you know, I think for me that's kind of the, I guess, a rough outline of my story. I went from a shy kid to someone who ended up singing Frosty the Snowman. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But is your best friend in Australia? She is. She's a public servant in the Capital Territory, which is fun. (laughs) And the same age, you're all the same. Yes, we're the same age. So she, yeah, we went to school together. So we're around the same age. So what about her? Like, do you see qualities in her that you wanted to like mimic? Were there things that you loved about her that really inspired you? Absolutely. Still to this day, she's one of the funniest people that I know. She'll just take something so boring And just make it so entertaining. Like even just how she speaks and asks questions. Like when I listen to her messages, a lot of people think she's not my age because she sounds like an 80-year-old lady the way she articulates words. She's like, what is this? Why why must one do things that way? I'm like, who talks like that at 34? Like why must you talk like that if you want to get specific? But she just is so unique in her curiosity. And so I guess there's a beautiful innocence about her and a really genuine interest when she has a conversation with you. And I think that's the power of conversation too. You can have a conversation, walk away and create something completely different or leave forever change. So that's what I really admire about her. It's just that the fact that she just can take something very mundane and just make it so entertaining. (laughs) So when you moved to New York, well, go back. I'm talking about friends right now, but when you got to New York, were you able to create a friendship circle that, are you one of those people that have a ton of friends or are you like a small circle of your tribe kind of girl? I used to be the former, Ashley. I used to be someone who thought, I have a ton of friends. This is awesome. But as I get clearer, there's only really a small intimate group of people that I call my friends who who I call upon and who I connect with frequently. Before I moved to New York, I fell in love with the city when I was on radio because while we were doing radio in Australia, we came to New York to cover a few events and then we went to LA to kind of finish them off. But the beauty of it all was the fact that I got to see New York, fell in love with New York, and then subsequently I fell in love with a New Yorker. So it kind of lined up quite nicely when I was moving over here, you know. I had the love of my life, New York City, 
the second love of my life, my partner at the time. And then, you know, moving over here, I I had a few friends already living here. So it was nice to have an existing community. But I guess moving to New York for me, that question about friends, I found that in Australia for me, these were the friends that I grew up with. Like we had history. I don't need to tell them about my childhood. They know it. You kind of have to start again here. And New York's population is three or four times the size of Melbourne. So everybody's very busy. Sometimes I did feel a sense of, okay, my partner's here, but I've got a couple of friends, but they're so busy. I need to make connection outside of it. And luckily I'm in podcasting. I get to talk to people every day. So (laughs) that's pretty cool. And I just find that such a privilege in my role that I get to connect with different people like yourself. Like we're having this conversation and, you know, I'll speak to other people today and I'm sure you will too. And it's, it's just makes the world a little bit smaller, but the community building aspect as an adult, you don't really think you have to go through that again. You kind of right. think, okay, I made my friends and I'm done, but there's all these experiences that challenge you to kind of grow your circle and grow your way of connecting with people, I guess. Right. So going back to like you do your, you get to your twenties and you're starting your, you know, you get to college, you do that. Right. Then what? The, the job thing is where I want you to go. The job thing, right. So um, <laughs> So in my last year of college, I was studying theater, film and television. And the thing that was missing was radio. And I saw this radio station named Joy 94.9 coming out as a gay girl in Australia who, you know, was from an immigrant family. It was a bit scary because, you know, homosexuality has still got a 20-year penalty in Sri Lanka. So my mm. family's still kind of getting used to what is this? What's this going on? This is like you get jail time in Sri Lanka. I think before it used to be an even stricter sentence. When I was in my last year of uni, Joy was Australia's only LGBT radio station. And I believe it's only one of two in the world. So I was very fortunate to be living in a city that had a radio station like that. So they had a course going called the Certificate 3 in Radio Broadcasting. I'm like, I want to try that. This just sounds like something I haven't done and I want to give it a go. And also I had that craving for community and, and people who identified and were like me. So when I applied, I remember I ticked every box on the application. I ticked cleaning admin, office, something like that. Let's let's be assistant. I did not want to be on air because I was just freaked out. Again, getting behind the microphone, you've got to really step up and want to be heard. And I, I wasn't comfortable enough in myself to want to be seen and heard at the time. And then when I kind of started connecting with people and my personality came out more and more, the program director at the time was like, you need to be on air because you got a little bit too much personality there. I'm like, nope not doing that. It's like, yeah, you are. You're going on air at 11 p.m. I'm like, nope, not doing that. Yes, you are. You're doing a two-hour show every week. No, I'm not doing that. So I'm so grateful to her for doing that because that really gave me the nudge and the faith to really step into what I do now. And, you know, sometimes I think fear can hold us back. But, you know, even at the age of 20, when she nudged me, she couldn't take me off air after she put me on air. I loved it so much. Yeah, and right. that from there, I got to move on to different time slots. So I got to go on in the morning slot, the afternoon slot or the drive time slot. And it was just fantastic. It really was, I guess, that is just pretty much what I owe my podcasting career to, that stepping into it and just trying something that, you know, I, I never would have thought to try in the past. So yeah, that's how I kind of stepped into work, Ashley. So you start, like you do the graveyard shift, right? Yeah. <laughs> you move from graveyard to like get to do these because you're getting so much better and they're noticing that you have this talent, right? And so now was, you're... Yeah. <laughs> I had a script what? my first show. And I think I had 15 pages of exactly everything I was going to say. Like I scripted the whole two hours. I timed exactly when the songs <laughs> would play. Then, then it got to a point where the less 
I guess the less prepared I was, the more promoted I was getting. It's like, oh, ah, funny. she doesn't even have a script anymore. I'm like, ah, okay, cool. <laughs> it does tell us familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me how your family, like your mom and dad, and because they're not in New York City, they're still in Australia. They are, they are. So after I finished college and I was in radio, I was working a day job at a commercial radio station, but on the side, I was also doing a bit of TV as well in Australia on a show called Bet TV. And it was on a network called Channel 31. Now, a lot of Sri Lankans in Melbourne watch Channel 31, believe it or not. They've got the Sri Lankan news in the morning or something. So they, Sri Lankans just assume, oh, there's Sri Lankan television 24-7. But there isn't because there's gay TV 10 p.m. on Monday night, which I was on. So one day I was hosting my segment with, I think it was a Pussycat doll at the time. They were a big band in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know the Pussycat dolls. Yes. So one of them was on the show. And apparently I said, hey, my name is Ginny and I'm a lesbian. I don't recall saying that. I've never actually made (laughs) such a public declaration. But unbehold, I didn't know that my uncle and auntie were watching Bent TV at that time. So they were like, what is this lesbian? Like they were just like, they were gobsmacked. Like what is going on here? What, what, this is one, this is my niece. Secondly, she's on a TV show. Thirdly, we just saw this segment on like vaginas made out of pipe cleaners. And fourth, she's just come out. Like, what is this? So they were calling, they literally called my entire family. Like, did you know that Ginny is gay? What is this? And they called my other auntie. Did you know that Ginny is gay? It's like, what? That went around the whole grapevine, got to, I don't know, like even the guy in my local area, he owned a little Sri Lankan shop. Even he found out. I don't know how, but he got to the news. And then my dad found out and my sister already knew, but she didn't share it with my parents. But my dad found out and my sister found out. And at that moment I knew when my sister pulled me aside saying, hey, listen, just letting you know, Auntie Denise called me and she said that you might get some calls from the uncles because, you know, this, this happened on bed TV. It's like, I'm just letting you know that, you know, this, this might happen. At that point, I knew there was no turning back. Like I could not go back in the closet. It was, cat was out of the bag. This is what it is. But there is still one burning question that's unanswered. What were my aunt and uncle doing 10 p.m. on a Monday night watching gay TV? <laughs> like that is still not addressed, Ashley. So I want to get to the bottom of that <laughs> because I'm like, you knew the pipe cleaners, you, you knew this was a gay TV show, yet you watched till you saw me. So there's something going on there. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Jenny, you cracked me up. Oh, my gosh. Where do I go from there? <laughs> You don't ask me to make a pipe cleaner vagina for you, Ashley. I'm not good at it. Not good at art of crafts. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. So, but now tell me, like, so what do they think you do now when you're in New York City doing podcasts? What do you tell them? Well, they're still getting used to the concept of the online entrepreneur because it's foreign to them, right? Again, like I said, the career parts we have had were doctor, lawyer, and engineer. So that involved getting dressed up putting pants on, going into an office and, right. you know, make it, seeing people, clients, patients, whatever it may be, and then coming home. So when I said, hey, I'm going to produce podcasts, they were like, what a podcast? And I had to explain to them, they're like, think of radio shows, but mobile radio shows and specifically tailored content. And then it just got to a point where they kept asking me, what do you do? So my dad in particular, bless him, he used to, when I was on radio, he asked me, what station are you on? So every time I'd tell him a different one, what station you want? Mix. What station you want? Fox. What station you want? Nova. He just didn't <laughs> register. So I'm like, I'm going to have fun with this. Like, you know, we're, let's make this a game. 
And then the same thing with, with the selling radios. So what do you do? I sell radios. Oh, yeah. Like radios are very popular at the moment. Like people love audio. And then this is the way that he could kind of contextualize what I did. Ultimately, I said to him, I produce podcasts. What are they? They're like little mini radio shows. And we kind of went back to square one. So it, I'm still selling radios <laughs> and they're a hit that. at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so you moved to New York. You got your podcast going in Australia. You've had people coming to you asking you how to do it, right? How to do yeah. podcasts. Yep. And yep. a lot of your clients were in New York, right? Yep, that's part of the reason why I moved, yeah. Okay, clients so was here, partner was here, city I love is here. Just was okay. all aligned. All right, so we <laughs> moved to New York. Magic. <laughs> Magic, just like that. <laughs> and then you, how do you set up Ginny Media? How does that... That was totally accidental, Ashley. Unlike many things, I kind of stumbled into it. I'm forever a stumbling student, Ashley. Like whatever I do in my life, I don't think about it. I feel my way through it and I stumble. That's how I learn. So Ginny Media was a consequence of me being on radio, really. People were asking me when I started my podcast and I got nominated for a few awards back in Australia. Got nominated for Best Comedy Podcast in 2017. And then people started asking me, hey, how do you make a podcast? I'm like, oh, this is how you do it. And I also knew as a podcaster, there were certain things that were needed to promote the podcast. Like, for example, artwork or content, snackables, whatever you call them. You needed that to promote the podcast or get people listening to it. So I can empathize with what the needs are of a podcaster because I've been through it myself. So when people were asking me, I already knew this is what you need and all people really wanted to focus on, which is what I like to focus on as a podcaster, is recording it and then have someone else take care of everything else is such a dream. So I had an audio producer at the time. I didn't have a show note writer. I didn't have anyone doing my artwork, but I'm like, wouldn't it be great if there was someone who could do that? And this is how Ginny Media was formed. So my day job then in Australia was I was building airplanes. There you go. Actual airplanes that fly, Ashley. We're building our wings. You? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to get on that plane. <laughs> They're good. They're FAA approved, right? <laughs> I love that, Ashley. You're like, you? Good grief. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, hey, if, if you and me were building planes and handling the tech, what a world oh, we would live dear. in today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, but yeah, I quit my day job, my last day job, and then I went all in when I moved to New York because I had five clients here. And when I moved here, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go all in. And that year, my business doubled. Second year, my business doubled. And my business is looking to double the third year as well. So I feel like the universe is like, I think you found your calling now because I've totally. been abundantly supported. But yeah, that's how Ginny Media was formed. And you know, being an entrepreneur like that, and not really having that as a family, you didn't have that in your roots, right? No. You kind of like created it in your own little creation, right? You just figured it out as you went. You just day by day. Figured it out. I I listened to a lot of podcasts myself. I listened to a lot of audio books and a lot of business audio books. And one of the things that I was told with entrepreneurship is, I think it was Reid Hoffman who said it. It's like jumping off a cliff and building a plane, making a plane to help you fly on the way down. That's exactly what I feel entrepreneurship is. You kind Mm -hmm. of, you just jump into the deep end and you learn how to swim. I didn't go to business school. I wasn't taught how to run a business, but I also was shown how not to run a business from the employers I worked for and also people that I used to have as clients. I'm like, this is not how I want to run a business. And for me, you know, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk a lot and he talks about, when I started my business, he was who I was listening to a lot. And he talked a lot about the importance of hustle and culture 
culture in particular about treating your team really well and knowing that as a CEO, you work for them. That's something that I could resonate with because I knew when I was on the other side of that, when I knew my leaders weren't working for me, when they were trying to take advantage of my kindness or my talents or my services, I knew how that felt. And I also knew how that affected my perception of them, therefore my performance. So I was just learning about things about what not to do. And also like, I was also figuring out what can I do to create happiness for myself? Because that is so important for me. And I think, you know, we're lucky enough to be in a time where we no longer have to continually trade time for money. We can, you know, earn money while we're sleeping or we can do things in a way where we can create abundance with the grace of the internet. That's what it's allowed us to do. So again, explaining this concept of podcasting to my family, saying selling radios, they think I'm actually at this shop selling out radios. I'm at home. I'm at home helping people record podcasts, the same thing. In their head, that's how they get it, right? So, right. But I have a team that helps me do that. Like, you need a whole team to help you sell radios? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> I need someone to do artwork for my radios, you know, <laughs> you know, the Uncover Your Magic radio right. show. So, you know, all these things. But yeah, no, I didn't go to business school, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. And what I learned in my first year of business was to outsource things that I'm good at, but not particularly exceptional at. So I used to do all the design work. I used to do all the artwork, all the show notes, all the audio editing, I have not edited a podcast in the last two years because I have people now who edit far better than I do and who write show notes far better than I do and who do artwork far better than I do. So that's the best way to scale your business is to outsource what's taking up 20% of your time each time. Which is why I hired you because I I would have been in the 80% for sure. There's no way. You know know that better than I do. (laughs) <laughs> you made a very wise choice. Very wise choice there. <laughs> so you're in your, what year of this, of Ginny Media? This is year number three. Year number three. Yeah. So you, you have how many employees? So I have nine full-time, well, part-time to full-time employees. And then I have eight contractors at the moment. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So the eight and nine, the core team, as I like to call them, they're the people who work considerable amount of time and spend a lot of time with me. I think they should get hazard pay having to put up with my (laughs) meetings a lot, but they're the team that I invest a lot of my time and resources and energy into because they're going to be the foundation of Ginny Media as we grow. You know, everybody we bring in will be influenced by these nine people, these nine individuals. So I've got to put in time and essence and energy and resources into them so they understand that the culture that we're building can be spread across our next 20, 30, 50, however many employees we have. Um, So what is that? What do you see that? Where is Ginny Media in in a year from now? Just short term. (laughs) Short term. Do you do do, visualizing? I do do visualizing. You do? Yeah. This is interesting, Ashley, because, you know, you talk about, I know this podcast is about uncovering your magic and I feel the magic that those magical moments where we're like, wow, this is amazing. I feel that moment of magical explosion is created from when we make magic in the mundane. I think a lot of magic that we find every day is in the mundane. So, you know, having a morning practice. For me, when I was doing this consistently, like, you know, pre-COVID, that was my jam. I'd get up early, 5.30 a.m., journal, you know, meditate, do my morning skincare. I'd do my prayers, write gratitude, what I was grateful for, and just really be in stillness. And I find for me that, even going on a walk and hearing a bird sing in New York is like, oh, wow, there's a bird, there's actually wildlife or like animals around. That was awesome. 
you know, mm-hmm. to see a tree, that was great. I think those magical moments, you know, it just really makes you feel alive and connected because the bird's going to sing regardless of whether we're going through a pandemic or not. The right. tree's going to, like, sway whether we're, you know, in the middle of 20 million people being unemployed, as dire as that sounds. But right. I think those comforts in the mundane is so amazing. So when I do visualisation, back to your question, it's kind of like sometimes I'm like I feel like I'm on express train when I'm visualising. I'm like, oh, this could grow into 40 employees. I do see us producing podcasts at a mass scale, but I also see us influencing people to share their voice as a platform to be seen and heard. So I don't know what that exactly looks like, but I feel like it's going to be relatively big. I <laughs> For want to be better term. <laughs> so you're all doing this from your own little, you don't have an office space, right? No, I do have a second business that I also run called Metro Podcast Studio. That's kind of my central place in the city, in the Flatiron District. But I run this from home. I mean, I love the fact that I have a little space at home for my office that I can work from. But if I need to go in the city, I do have a studio there, which you're welcome to come and use, Ashley. Oh, I can't wait. Visit us. (laughs) We can get on an airplane again, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When we can get on an airplane. (laughs) Not one that you built the wings on, though. (laughs) I'll let you know what, I'll let you know what plane to avoid. All right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So here you are, you have this big vision of Ginny Media. You like when you have like the rituals that you do and all those little things that mean so much to you and meditating, how long do you meditate? I, the most I can, yeah, it's, you know what, for my brain too, where I'm like, oh, squirrel. And literally there are squirrels where I live. There's the squirrels outside. (laughs) For me, like I'm getting better at the muscle. So for me, I do 10 minutes, but sometimes I just sit in silence for like five, 10 minutes and just breathe, just Mm -hmm. get connected with my mind wanders. But I think with meditation, it's one of those things. I don't think unless you are a sage or, you know, a monk in the middle of wherever you are in the Himalayas or, you know, in, in Southern Asia, unless that is your practice, it's very hard for people who are constantly creative to do that. But if you can master that silence, even for a minute, it's still powerful to get really connected with your thoughts and watch your thoughts. So still learning, Ashley, 10 minutes is my goal. That's all I can do. Did you, have you (laughs) always done that? Have you always had a spiritual practice even in Australia? Yeah, I did. When I was 25, I um, was at a lesbian dance party and I met my spiritual teacher, as you do when you're at a lesbian dance party. That's where you meet spiritual teachers, I heard. (laughs) Don't know about that. That's what happened. I met my first spiritual teacher there. And from there, I actually got introduced to meditation. I was a good Catholic girl before I went to church. There was four years in that time where I was still kind of figuring out who I was. So I didn't go to Sunday mass. But I think, I think with the universe or God or whatever name that you, you give it, the universe created you. So the universe knows you better than anyone else. So what was the best way the universe could get my attention? Send a pretty girl my way. So I'm like, oh yes, I'll do spirituality. That's what happened. So from there, I started going on retreats, learning how to meditate, learning different traditions and multi-faith beliefs. So, you know, I see the the value in Buddhism and Hinduism and, you know, Judaism and Islam religion as well. You see a lot of, there's truth in all of it. That's when I started my spiritual practice, but it's now a must, not an option as an entrepreneur, because I feel that you are self-sourced when you're running a business, right? You're the last line of defense. If you're not looking after yourself, your whole company falls apart. So it's a must for me. And during COVID, it's been particularly challenging to navigate. However, 
I stumble and I get back up and I stumble again. And that'll be the story. Rinse and repeat till the end right. of my life. Really, Ashley. <laughs> what, do, what do you think your favorite thing about podcasting is? These conversations. Cause I don't think you would ever be able to have this sort of conversation intently with someone if you weren't in a podcasting context. Because generally when you have a conversation, I mean, like I love catching up with people anyway, off air and off the microphone, but is this the connection aspect of it? There is such a lack of connection sometimes. And I think this pandemic has really highlighted the fact of how disconnected we can feel when we take for granted that seeing someone, hugging someone, having a coffee with someone, we're so distracted and not present. But now we're looking at those times and craving that presence. You know what I mean? Like we're craving that sitting beside or, you know, aside from someone and, and talking to them and feeling a hug. Like we're feeling that at the moment. And I think podcasting is one of the avenues to get you to that connection. And you form relationships with people. And you and I, like we're going to have this conversation when we're both 60 and 80 years old. I'm not saying you're 20 years older than me, but like, you know, we well, will be having this conversation. <laughs> we will Even be having my daughter. <laughs> we'll be having this conversation and we'll be like, you know, wasn't that great that we went through that together and we birthed a podcast during that time. Right. So the power of connection is what I love about podcasting and the ability to create a piece of content that one is going to live forever. And secondly, you don't know whose ears that's going to reach and whose lives it's going to impact because a lot of the impact that we make is passive when we make podcasts. So that's what I love about it. And you know, the day that we had our class and you were so excited for the next day for him to go out. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, Jenny's excited. I guess I should be. I don't even know what to expect, right? But I guess yeah. I should be excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. here it goes. And then the it's, response yeah. and all, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I get yeah. why she was excited. This is amazing. Yeah. It amazing. is amazing. And, and you're going to get more responses actually. Like in a year's time, there's going to be someone who digs up your very first and second podcast and be like, this is amazing. Look at your journey. Look how far you've come. Look how much right. magic you've created. It's all about the yeah. magic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I was talking to Michelle yesterday about, you know, how in the class you come up with a name first, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you start creating this thing and it's kind of, you get to the place, I mean, episode eight, but you know, the journey, it's almost where you kind of like, you need to go through the journey first and then think of the, you know, it's like one of those things yeah. where it all is perfect and there's a reason for everything and the way we went. But yeah. it's just funny how that uncover your magic still is the first one I thought of and it sticks with me. And I love the interviews and finding that magic in people that just something about that just like ignites me. <laughs> like I, I see the passion, right? Well, think about it. Walt Disney has built a whole empire on magic. Right. That's what he has, like all the belief in magic, so to speak. But it really is Harry Potter. Again, another example of a whole empire J.K. Rowling built on based on the notion of magic. Like I think it also speaks to the hope that humans have and the creativity that people have to envision these things. And everybody does have that magic inside them, really. It's just waiting to be unlocked or discovered and just, you could just literally be the Dumbledore, Ashley, to kind of chat that out of them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think makes a good podcaster? Like, what do you think the one most like aspect of their personality or who they are? Pers- what a quality, I guess. Quality would be listening. I think the top podcasters in the world and the top interviewers and the journalists and the content creators in the world, they know how to listen. One thing I've been listening to is Oprah does this thing where she repeats back what the person says, especially if it's something that you know is weighted or gold. She'll, she'll say mm. that line back and she'll be like, 
unpack this for me because she really wants to get it because chances yes. are she's asking the question on behalf of us who right. are listening. So I think listening is the ultimate quality and also presence. I think you've got great listening skills. What I've noticed about you, Ashley, too, is I say something and you're like, hang on, I picked up on that in the middle of that sentence. Let's go back to that. So you're really listening to me. I think you've got the qualities of a fantastic podcaster to come. So listening, presence, and I think the other thing is just really wanting to have a conversation with that person. I think that genuine curiosity is so, I think it's something that is overrated, that pure curiosity of I'm curious to know this about you because everybody wants to move on to the next thing. But no, I want to really know that curiosity is also another quality I think is going to make a great podcaster. I think, you know, for me, I've always been, people that go, wow, she really digs deep on her questions. <laughs> like almost yeah. where it was held back a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, just, yeah. I do. I have it. It's a sincere interest. And I think the podcast thing, I didn't know that was what my, like the passion would be, but it is. It's like, yeah. I mean, waiting for this interview with you today was like, oh, I cannot wait to talk to Ginny. Like <laughs> I can't wait to, and I mean that like every yeah. little bit about your life is so fascinating and what you do now and how you got there. You're 34 years old and this like business that you've created, like that will become an empire. And then I get to watch wow, this <laughs> unfold, unfold and it will, because that's who yeah. you are, you know, and I, that's your vision and it will come true. And it's just Thank so you, fun Ashley. to be part of watching you and being part of that, the class, the podcaster accelerator and to see like all these people and what you did for them to, you know, for me, especially the technical part and like growing that confidence and going, okay, I'm just going to go through this. I know she's going to help me. <laughs> I know she doesn't <laughs> think I'm going to ask the, the no. questions, but, but you know, you just have that personality that almost like you make everybody feel like you're their best friend. And when you, someone else called you their best friend that one day in class, they go, wait, she's, my <laughs> <laughs> she's not yours. <laughs> but hey. you, you have that quality and it's just a beautiful <laughs> thing to watch. And I think what you're doing and trying to bring out, you know, empowering these people to put these podcasts out, is you're empowering them like in a spiritual way, you know, like empowering them to grow and to expand and to live life to the fullest, right? Not to just yeah. be mundane and boring. Like step yeah. out of your box, right? Do this. Exactly. It's not hard. Get through the technical stuff. <laughs> Once you get it, then give it to Jenny Media and she can do the rest. Just learn how to record on a computer <laughs> and you're good. Oh, Ashley, thank you for those words. Those are the words that I live for. Like, that's my purpose. Like, the fact that you've put it in a very well-packaged way, like, maybe I should hire you for marketing because that was just (laughs) on point. But it's really, like, exactly what you said, to step outside of your box is hard enough to do. And then to get overwhelmed. And I understand, too, because even for me, as the first person in my family, immediate family, who started a business and not followed a traditional get a degree and stick to the one job, like, I realized the other day that, between my parents, my sister, and even my brother-in-law, they've worked for one company their whole life. My sister's worked for one company her whole life. My dad's worked for one company. He's retired. My brother-in-law worked for two companies and he only left one because they shut down. It's just to comprehend mm-hmm. leaving a well-paying job to step outside the box, have all these fears, like look up at you in the face going, you know, there's so many reasons this could fail, but to keep going, like when you can get squeezed through that part, step outside the box, that's the value. And that exactly what you said is what I live for to get people empowered spiritually. I love that. But that's where the magic is. You got to do it. If I didn't say yes to this podcast, I wouldn't have had these eight 
episodes that have given me so much joy. I wouldn't be sitting here with you. I mean, you know, you go back in these little steps. I could have been afraid of this technical stuff and been, oh, I can't do this. I mean, I know my husband, he's like, I can't believe you did it. You actually (laughs) finished something. (laughs) Wow. You know, like I said, yeah, I'm proud of myself. You're right. You should be very proud of yourself. (laughs) But I mean, in a way that I didn't have, I didn't let the fear you know, it's when you allowed that fear to keep holding you back. You've got to exactly. like, just say, I cannot even look at that. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And when you have a timeline and you got to get it done and you have, you know, all this guiding, you guiding me and six weeks later, here we are. I mean, you know, here six we weeks later, we made this place. But anyway, <laughs> I'm beyond grateful. I know I've taken up your day. Now you're, you can <laughs> to the, <laughs> I could sit here and talk to you all day. <laughs> Ashley, thank you for having me on your podcast. I love, love, love the fact that I got to spend this evening with you and uh, I can't wait to hear how this is produced by your producer. (laughs) (laughs) Tell people like what would be your, like the ending of this, our fun talk, given it, like if someone wants to do a podcast. Right. If someone wants to do a podcast. You have something on your website, right? Yeah, you can uh, go to ginnymedia.com. There's a whole stack of free resources that we have on our resource page. And we also have a little intercom button, which is like a chat box. So if you have any questions, just jump in there. One of our friendly team members will be able to send you like a free guide or, you know, a free program that we're running or the podcast accelerator program, which we're running in a couple of weeks as well, which may have already started by the time this goes to air. But that's the things that we have going on. And I'd love to hear from you. Love talking to people. Yes. (laughs) And you would love Ginny so much, just like me, as you can tell. And she's, don't ever be afraid to ask her questions. <laughs> I, I learned that. <laughs> no. Anyway, Jenny, I loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. This has been a true treat. Beyond treat for me. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> Until Thank next you, time. Ashley. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.